just because somebody has it worse doesn't mean your shit isn't important, right? And so, like, I think that's a lot of the times where we don't want to complain. We don't want to say that, you know, we're going through something when half the fucking world doesn't have water, right? Like, I get that. However, you have a responsibility to live your best life, you know? And I think the best way to start, if it's not professional help, is to journal. Like... I know that you, from my experience, just getting it out on paper not only allows you to explore, but it allows you to realize that like, all right, like this is hard. This is where I'm at right now. And a year later, when you write in your journal again, and you can reflect back on December 15th, 2021, when you're in December 15th, 2022, you can see your own progress. Mm. You know, and that's just the start. Like maybe you start to uncover some things that you don't like about yourself and you, you're like, okay, I want to explore these things. And then you can go look for resources, your podcast, somebody else's podcast, a book, a therapist, a conversation with a friend, right? Whatever that is, it's just like find something where you can at least just get it out instead of like bottling it up. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleeper. What is up, happiness homies? Welcome back to another episode. I am super excited today. Uh, we have a friend of ours, Sergio, on the podcast. He was recommended by a good friend of ours, Jake Madigan. Shout out to Jake Madigan. Sergio, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me here, guys. Awesome. Hell yeah. Matt, how are we feeling? You know I'm good. I'm always good. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Super excited today because Sergio, I'm going to read you know a few things off his Instagram bio. He's a realtor. He has an MBA from CU Denver. He's a veteran. He also found out, we just found out recently, longtime CrossFit coach, which definitely resonates with Matt and I. So we've got a lot of things to talk about today. And and future father. Future yeah. father. Whew. On the, the uh, way. <laughs> I almost yeah. said expiration date. <laughs> what, what, what I say? Freedom expiration Expir- date. Uh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your expiration date. Yeah. Uh, the kid is uh, due on 420, which is my birthday. Yep. I love it. So exciting. So much synchronicity. Just We're like going to be best it. friends. <laughs> Not me and you. Me yeah. and your son. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so to get started, we always start off with some rapid fire questions. Sick. Give the audience a chance to know you. These are loosely rapid fire, so feel free to elaborate okay. as much as you want. Uh, first and foremost... What is one thing you're grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for my family. I'm super close to them. They gave me such a great upbringing that I feel like I have the opportunity to like give back to people now. Love that. Family. Oh, Got to love it. Uh, next question. What is your most used emoji? Whew. Let's see. Probably <laughs> – I'm a realtor, so the house emoji. Mm, like, I wish it could be cooler, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. That's yeah. what – we talked about like, uh, you know, previous guests had set a heart yeah. specifically using like a specific color. And I was like, yeah, I use the orange heart because that's kind of my brand color. Oh, okay. So I like it. Yeah. Use the house. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Nice. Love this. Um, by the way, Matt, I just added another one. Oh, God. Rapid fire that I want to finish with. Okay. Um, all right, Sergio, what's your walk-up song? Walk-up song. You do CrossFit. Mm. You're walking in the gym, 5 a.m. Let's see. Probably Humble by Kendrick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Can you sing it? <laughs> I mean, 
humming yeah, right, right now. Be humble. Sit thought, down. Yeah. Is it that one? Yeah. Oh, go deuce. There's yeah. a lot of cursing. Be yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of words that I'm not allowed to say. Okay. Um, so. You exchange those words with homie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think I'm good with that. Okay. <laughs> well, just but in my head, that. I know them all. Wait, that's a good song. It that's is a great song. song. Before the podcast, you said, you know, challenge me. So, yeah. Challenge you to sing. Fair. Say appropriate words. That is fair. If you turn it on, I'll do my best. We'll just move forward. Um, Awesome. So what's your favorite book? Favorite book, The Alchemist. So wow, that was quick. Yeah. It's, um, that book definitely changed the entire trajectory of my life. So I was going through a really hard time, um, going through some PTSD, um, got out of a breakup, lost my identity, get out of the military, and I was just like fucked in the head. And I had a buddy being like, hey, you should check this book out. And now I read it every year on my anniversary or my birthday month. Nice. So I've been doing it for the last five years. Awesome. Uh, I yeah. think you might be the second person. We haven't had many repeats, but I think someone said The Alchemist once. It's definitely worth a read. Yeah. Yeah, it's on my shelf. I've read cool. it. Right in high school, I loved it. Read it again. Didn't love it as much. Yeah. I'm like, I think it's just the seasons for me, but Depends. I'll, I'll try Depends it again. It's a quick book, so. Yeah. yeah. There's also like, it kind of takes you by surprise. I feel like once you know mm. what the storyline is, mm-hmm. right. maybe harder to read a second time, but yeah. definitely a good book. Okay. What'd you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a train conductor. Like, I wanted to drive trains. Like, I thought that would be, like, a cool job. Um, but it, then I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Um, so, never really came to fruition. Sorry, do you still love trains? I love trains. Like, I love, like, I love setting up, like, trains around the Christmas tree. My dad gave me a bunch of trains when, he, from, when I was a kid, so he's got a bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't realize how much I love trains. Have you gone on the Georgetown <laughs> Loop? I have not. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. It's Christmas time. You, you can meet Santa. You're from here, right? I know. Oh yeah, it's gosh. weird. Like, being a native of Colorado, there's things that, like, certain people don't do. Like, I've met plenty of people who don't ski. I'm like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. We, we've had this conversation a lot. I feel like there's more people that are natives that don't ski than yeah. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But I'm like, that's, like, I don't know. I just don't understand. What do you do in the winter? I don't know. They're probably, I don't Wrong know. Wrong person to ask. Yeah. The same people that recommend watching, like, Netflix series over and over. I'm like, I, don't know, I want yeah. to be outside. Like, yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Nice. Uh, did I just ask? I did you ask? Oh, I'm up. All right. Superpower. Sergio, what is your superpower? Uh, storytelling. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So just, I think there's a level of vulnerability that comes with it. I feel like it's, uh, you know, going through my own journey, my own therapy journey, my being able to kind of like tell the shit in my life that has made me who I am today and like share that experience with other people to hopefully shed some light on things that might be helpful to them. And that's just become something of mine that I've become really good at. Oh, this is so great. Yeah. We, we're definitely going to dive into that. Cause I want to hear your story a little bit. I, I love it a lot. It's something that I've, uh, kind of understood, but le- have been leaning more into now that we were talking about before this podcast, how I've like, um, transitioned into talking to people from corporate. That was Matt five years ago. So being able to tell my story from the past five, even stemming back from, I don't know, my whole life, right? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's been powerful I've seen on social media. I'm curious just to pick your brain. Um, you're avid on social media. Yeah. Um, how do you feel it has helped you with your business, telling your story? I think it humanizes me a lot, right? Like mm. there are more realtors than there are homes for sale, right? Mm. And so like we're all, the f- we're all the fucking same. We all do the same thing. Some of us are better. Some of us are worse. What I found is like when I can share my story and let people know who I am, not just as a real estate agent, but you know, somebody who is in the military, somebody who is a father, son, friend, and kind of share my experience from where I was to where I'm at now, lets people know that I'm human, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not just like trying to sell homes. Like mm-hmm. this is more than just that to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the relatability. I actually was prepping for this, kind of reading through some things about you. And I had this thought. I was like, Sergio is the type of guy I would hire because I feel like, you know, I relate to you. And there, mm -hmm. I have a lot of other friends who I see them and they do use social media, but it's all they're They tend to more pivot themselves as like the expert. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for you, I'm like, oh, this guy does CrossFit. He's like very positive, like growth mindset. I'm like, yeah, I could I could relate. And I think that's spot on to what you're saying. Yeah. And what I love about it, too, is like I get to share all of that. And there are thousands of people a day that are saying no to me, right? But the people who are like, hey, can we sit down and chat? They've already vetted me. They've already seen everything about me. They've decided that like, oh, I can relate to Sergio. I want to at least see if this might be a right fit. Mm -hmm. And then when we sit down, like I don't have to make it about me. Mm -hmm. It's all about them. And that's a completely different conversation, mm -hmm. which I think is really great because now I don't have to sell myself. Mm -hmm. I, I love all of that. And uh, yeah, I think that's – it makes things easier and more fun. Yeah. Right. When you don't have to be the professional realtor or whatever. And I think people have, like you said, there's so many of them. People have this, um, is it preconceived notion or idea of what a realtor is. And it is kind of like, I haven't dealt with realtors, but yeah. I, this is what I see. And it's like, uh, you know, like they're not really your friend. They're just trying to sell the house or get you a house. So they can make commission where it's like, when you tell your story and you become a real person Yeah. and yeah, people have that connection. So it's like, Oh, Sergio has his best interests in mind for me. Well, hell, even when I became a real estate agent, I was like, Oh, I have to wear a suit and tie and mm. got to sell my, my Subaru and get a, a BMW. Yeah. And then I just remember one day being like, that is not me. Mm. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like, that's just not me. Yeah. And I feel like that lack of authenticity would eventually have just weeded me out. Right. Yeah. Well, so pe like, people can feel that stuff. You get out of your BMW, either suit and tie and you're like, I feel like a douchebag right now. Yeah. But uh, this is the role I'm supposed to play. So you, right. you get up and, you know, you, you go introduce yourself to the people or meet them at the house. And then it's like, they're feeling that. They're feeling you, even if it's subconscious, even if you're like, no, I feel confident now. I, I look good. I yeah. got the nice car. There's that deep level of, of that energy that you're putting off that people are just going to, you know, they're going to feel that. And it's not going to be an enjoyable experience where now you can get out in your Subaru with the, <laughs> with the you know, the future baby seat in the back. <laughs> And you're like, oh, wow, it's a dad just like us. And, yeah. you know, Subaru, because he lives here in Colorado, just like we do. And we have Subaru. And, it, yeah, you develop that relationship just right off the bat. Yeah, uh, funny story. My mom was like, I was like hey, I think I'm going to get a new car. And she's like, why? I was like, I, I, I just want to get a nice car. She's like, yeah, but then people are going to know that you've done well for yourself. They're probably not going to want to work with you. I was like, so you just tell me to drive this shitty car? She's like, yeah. I was like. I just don't want a new car. I was like, that's not the reason. But now I'm like, oh, and I'm just driving this crappy Subaru. It's like dented. People pull up. They're probably like, ah, oh, I just felt bad for him. Just <laughs> work with them. Yeah. See, I want, there's probably both ways, right? And yeah, I feel like yeah. that's usually it's typically funny. a reflection of people themselves. Yeah. If you pulled up in the nice car, people probably go like, oh, this fucking guy just selling houses. Or they're like, oh, this guy's really successful. He's good at what he does. He's going to get us a good deal on the house or whatever. Um, or you drive the crappy car and go, this guy's not even good at what he does. Should we hire him? Right. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or it's uh, you know, he's relatable. So at the end of the day, it was just like, I'm going to do me. Yeah. Right. And like, once I figured it out, like the stories of having tattoos and be a real estate agent, that's a whole nother, like just disaster. But mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's been good finally being able to like own my story, own who I am and just like live that life. Yeah. And I, and I'll just finish this thought with like, yeah, this is what's more fun. It's more yeah. fun for you, right? To be able to show up on social media and like be yourself, tell your story when you're doing your podcast. Yeah. You can just tell your stories. You don't have to be like, oh, I have to be this person. Right. This like, you know, I'm pulling my tie up to my neck. This, uh, you know, professional. Yeah. And it's like, no. It's, and then it's just easier. Right. I'm with you on that. And, okay. Well, okay. Then I'll finish finally with just because <laughs> someone, people ask me this. It's like, 
you know, the imposter syndrome. Why me? Why would people buy from me? And I'm like, because of you. Yeah. Because of you. Because they will vibe with you. So just, yeah, be yourself and people love that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. It's gotten way better. It really kind of took off once I just started to be me. Yeah. Nice. Bam. There it is. End of podcast. <laughs> okay. Last rapid fire. Before we started the podcast, you had mentioned you have the same breakfast every morning. You're a 5.30 a.m. CrossFitter. Yep. I want to hear about your morning routine. We love morning routine here. Big component. I'm actually writing an ebook right now on morning routine. So you said you have a very strict morning routine. What does it look like? I hate the word strict. It's okay. more like discipline Ooh. just because strict, Ooh. I feel like is very constrictive, right? You mm. can't, doesn't give you a chance to adapt based on the season of life you're in. Um, but there are definitely some pillars to that. So every day I wake up at 4.30. Mm. Um, I get up, drink like a whole 32 ounces of water before I drink my coffee. Um, read a little bit, maybe like five, 10 minutes, meditate, kind of just ground myself on the day. Um, before I head to the gym, work out from like five to seven, five thirty to seven cruise home, have some breakfast, take a cold shower and then we're off to work. What's been the, the difference between having this morning routine and maybe when you skip it or when you don't have it? So what used to happen was I would beat myself up about it. It would kind of ruin my day. But what I've realized is that like, listen, shit happens. You have to be able to be a little more fluid. And that's why I hate the word being strict. Mm. Being disciplined in a morning routine allows you to have things that serve you and serve your purpose. Being strict to me is like, you don't ever have that room for growth. And if it gets thrown off, then the rest of my day was thrown off. You have to be able to be fluid and like be able to fill the day with maybe some of those things that you missed out on later in the day. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. What about um, like, why do you do it? Does it, how do you feel doing this morning routine? Like, does it change how you show up? Does it change your mentality? Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it's super self, self-serving. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, in my opinion, I can create like uh, really strong narratives for myself about where I am and what I've done. Mm-hmm. So I can step into the day being like, well, I've outworked you three, yep. right? I'm not saying I have or I haven't, but I can look at that in my head. I woke up like, at 429 this morning. <laughs> that's good for you. Just uh, kidding. Yeah, that's I not true sleep. at all. But my point is like, I feel like I've put in the work that's yeah. going to allow me to at least show up in the day knowing that I filled my cup because yeah. in- inevitably, um, whether it's relationships or clients or events that happen, I'm pouring a, lot, a little bit out everywhere. <clears throat> so like for me, I have to get that right before I step out anywhere else. Yeah. Wake up feeling like a badass. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I got it in. I got it done. Exactly. I'm curious. What are you reading a little bit of? Yeah. So I just finished. Um, oh, I did. I, yeah. So ahead. it's a book. So it's, it's a, a book. book. So you like read a few pages in a book. I was curious. I didn't know if it was the news or like oh, a little no. devotional. No, no, no. I, so I something. used to read like uh, the Daily Stoic, right? That was a big Ooh. one for me. You're we were talking, talking about, about books. Yes. Reading. Uh, guys, the Daily we, Stoic. Just, we just lost power. We got insane winds in Denver. So if yeah. this conversation seems like it got weird. It got uh, weird. We lost power. So we're back. We're back now. <laughs> yeah, we are back. Um, the book I'm reading is called Silence in the Age of Noise. Oh. So it's about this dude who trekked across Antarctica um, for 40 days by himself. And I guess the, the whole premise is like everywhere in our day, we're bombarded with noise, right? So how can you create silence in your life? And I think there's a few ways to do it. One, you can do it like he did it, or you can go up to the mountains and be by yourself and kind of just reconnect with yourself. But the truth is you don't need any of that, right? Like you can do it. I can do it in this moment, mm-hmm. right? Being able to create that own silence and stillness within me, but that takes practice. And so mm-hmm. right now I'm like on this, for a long time I was on this path of consuming podcasts, reading books and doing all these things, right? And like there's a lot of value to learning from other people's experiences, other people's stories, other people's thoughts. But inevitably those become your thoughts and your experiences. So 
the latter half of 2021 and as I head into 2022, it's really more about turning inward and mm-hmm. realizing I don't need anything from anybody. Like all of my answers are right here, but I have to be able to condition myself to like be in tune, like mind, soul, mm-hmm. spirit, right? Everything. So I can like dive into that. And so the self-exploration of all, all that this year has been really key, like exploring patterns. So when I said like, instead of being strict, being mm-hmm. disciplined, I was strict for so long and I was doing mm-hmm. things just for the sake of doing them that they no longer serve my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this book has really kind of opened my eyes to just being like taking moments to create silence and stillness, whether that's in your environment or inside yourself. Um, because I mean, every day is just like, here we go. Here we information Shatter. overload. Right. Yeah. 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 I was talking about this with some friends last night, but so much chatter in my own head. Um, and probably taking in too much, like social media is growing and like, oh, why am I not as good as this person yet? And all yeah. that crap. Um, I have been trying to be more present and to like every moment could be a moment where I can like, okay, you know, as I'm walking to the store or whatever, it's like, cool, great time to like think about what should I do with my business? Or like, oh, yeah. what's the next post? And it's like more silence. Mm-hmm. So one thing I've been practicing is anytime I come in contact with water to be fully present with the water. So oh, if I'm cool. washing my hands. How does water feel in my hands? Is it cool? Yeah. Um, you know, all that stuff. Drinking water. How does it feel down my throat? The temperature. Just really being present in that moment. And I'm using the water as kind of the trigger to be like, this is the thing. If you're not going to be present any other time of the day, yeah. anytime you touch water, be present with that moment. That's dope. I like that a lot. Yeah. So it's, I'm it's gonna steal tough. that, put it in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, w- I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday, and I can't remember who they were quoting, but just talking about if we don't have space, that's, that's like where change happens. Right. And I think Victor Frankl has a quote that it's like, um, in creating space is our ability to make a choice to respond. And it's like, so many people are trying to have so many inputs and it's like, until you like take space, you're just going to keep having the same thoughts yeah. or keep doing the same thing. So, um, I love that. Okay. Sergio, I would love to hear your story, right? Like, you know, we sent you a questionnaire before kind of, I've been following you for a little bit. Jake's told me a little bit about you. Um, now you're in real estate, you know, you were in the military. I'm curious what made you decide to go to the military. sounds like you've done a lot of things. You have a business degree. You were a CrossFit coach. Like, yeah. Who's Sergio? Give us yeah. you know, kind of where you're at now. And you know, some of the things that maybe, um, have shaped you and led you here. Yeah. That's a <clears throat> great question. So we, I was born in New Jersey and we moved to Texas because that's where my mom's from. We've been down there for a few years and we were renting at the time. And so my parents decided, well, we want to buy a house. We want to set some, set up some roots here. And at the time, right, it was stated income to buy a home, right? So you didn't have to really check your pay stubs, right? Lenders weren't really doing their work, which is how 2008 happened, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the realtor at the time gave my parents advice saying, listen, they're never going to check. Just say you make this much money so that you can get the home and we'll be good. Well, the lender did check. Both of my parents got fired from their jobs. We lost the house and we ended up homeless. Wow. And um, it was in that moment I was watching my mom console my dad for making like that decision, like taking that advice. My dad's crying. And as a young adult, I was like, I felt like hopeless. Like there's nothing I could do. So they picked up, we moved to Colorado and we were broke. Like we, we had no money. Um, my dad was working at Einstein bagels in the morning. And then he would stock trucks at Kohl's in the evening. And my mom was trying to find a job. And because of that, they didn't have money to send me to college. Right. So I had two options. Either I was going to not go to school or I was going to try to go to the air force Academy. So we went down there, saw the air force Academy. Um, 
I took the SAT and ACT combined nine times to try to get the right score. Wow. Couldn't get it. Um, and so I just had to like sell myself to the school and I was like calling them every week, right to the admissions office. And about two weeks before they're supposed to report to basic training, um, for the air force Academy prep school, I get a call and they go, Hey, somebody dropped out your, the slots yours if you want it. And I was like, okay. So I took it. Um, and you know, leading up to that moment, I kind of glossed over this this little event 9-11 happened that really was like solidified like my calling to go do this. Like I want to go do this. So how old are you? Okay. Uh, 18, 17. I went to the air force at 18. Okay. So go to the Academy. Um, I get a presidential nomination after my first year to go to the air force Academy. Um, so I graduate from there. Um, supposed to go to pilot training. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. That's too long. Right. So end up doing all these other jobs. Um, and I moved back to Colorado because my mom was diagnosed with kidney failure. And I was like, I just need to get home to my family. And so I took a job in Colorado Springs. And when I got back, we're sitting there. And um, this, like, desire to just, like, live up to my purpose of joining the military just, like, wouldn't leave me alone. So I called up Air Force Personnel Command, which is, like, the human resources of the Air Force. I was like, hey, do you have any deployments? And they were like, what? I was like, yeah, uh, do you have any deployments? And they're like, well, yeah, we have one to Afghanistan. They're like, I was like, cool, I'll take it. They're like, what do you, what's going on here? I was like, well, I, I was like, just send it to me. And they're like, okay. So the next day I checked my, my email and I was tasked to go to Afghanistan in six months. Right. Um, because I was like, I'm not, I didn't join the military to just sit on the bench. Like I want to go and do what I want to do. So I deployed with the, the army and the Marine Corps. I was in Northern Afghanistan for seven months, got back, got out. That's when I became a CrossFit coach. I was like, I want to continue to serve people, but in a different capacity, right? Mm-hmm. I was coaching over there. I was like, this, I, I love this. So I was coaching CrossFit for a while and I wasn't making enough money. So I went to grad school, um, trying to figure out my life. And um, inevitably I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to try this real estate thing, right? Like what happened to my parents kind of set me on this path and I'm grateful for it all. Um, but I'm going to try this real estate thing. So I went and got my real estate license, and about the same time I did that, I realized, like, I had severe, like, PTSD, right? And so that was 2013. Um, I started to work through all of that. Luckily, got on the other side of that, um, and I became a real estate agent. And, like, it was awesome, right? The first year, I won Rookie of the Year in my company, and then the second year, I had, like, this imposter syndrome. Like, oh, shit, can I do this again? So I started working, started working. And things were going well. Um, and then in April of 2018, I had a heart attack. Oh, shit. So I was in the hospital. How old are you at this point? 34. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm in the hospital. Right? They have to do an angiogram. And when they pull it out, they take the cuff off too soon. I almost bleed out on the table. Oh, my God. Um, and so we're sitting there, right? <laughs> and, like, I, it was just in that moment, like I had a decision to make. I was like, how am I going to let this like affect my life? Like I just got through all this other bullshit and I got this and I'm like, the next day the doctors come in, I'm supposed to leave for Mexico the next day. And the doctors were like, listen, this is kind of a special event. Don't you think? I was like, if that's how you want to call this, then sure. He's like, I don't think you should go. And there's, that was the cardiologist and there's four of the doctors in the room. And I was like, fuck that. I was like, what do you guys think? And they're like, uh, I think it'll be fine. I was like, what do you think? The other said that it was fine. So we went next morning. I got out and I went to Mexico. Um, wow. And, you know, I got back and I shared that story because like it was this external thing that happened as I was on the rise of like my career. Mm-hmm. Right. And like it was a battle that I had to face. 
And I got back. And ever since then, business has just been like, something happens, you adapt. 2020, mm -hmm. right? Then this year, something happens, you adapt. And so now sitting, you know, where we are today, like I'm four and a half years into this thing. And it's been absolutely incredible. And it's because of all those events that I've told you about that kind of has led me to this exact moment. Um, and now it's like, what's next? I love that. Where I want to dive in, because I don't know you that well, but I follow you on Instagram. Yeah. And we have a mutual friend. So Jake connected us. And I trust him. And I start following you. And I'm like, wait, this guy's real estate? Like, he's got a podcast. He's talking about, like, growth mindset and happiness and positivity. I'm like he's a real estate, like just this. And I loved it. Like yeah. I love all of that. And hearing your story, like it kind of makes sense. You did all these things and it shifted your perspective. What, how did those things affect you? And I also, if, if you don't mind sharing, I'm curious what it was like, like being overseas, you mentioned you had PTSD, like mm -hmm. what was that, you know, going through that? Was that like a big obstacle? You know, how were, how did those struggles shape like the way that you view the world now? Yeah. Um, There was an event that happened, like probably my first week of being in Afghanistan. I got dropped off um, on this forward operating base, and I was finding my way down to the landing zone to get picked up by these Blackhawk helicopters. And I took a wrong turn in the on the base, and there was local nationals there, like the Afghan army was there as well because we're training them. And as I turned the corner, this guy got pulled out of the tent by his counterparts, and they beat him to death and hung him right in front of me. And I like, I had my weapon on me and like, I froze. Like I didn't, I couldn't make a decision on what to do. And so I was like, fuck. And I remember just like leaving that scene and like walking down to the Blackhawk to get on the Blackhawk. And I was like, my lack of decision just cost that guy his life. Right. Like that sat heavy with me. Like, I was like, fuck. I was like, all right, well, I can this is a problem for future Sergio, right? Like I can't deal with this right now. I share that with you because like, that was one event that like made me see the world in a completely different way. Yeah. I came face to face with death many times during that trip. And like, I don't know that like the natural stressors of life right now really get to me like they used to. Mm. And I've also seen how like people struggled and never really came out of like an event like that, that happened. They've always just kind of stayed in that victim mentality. And so the reason I have this podcast and the reason I try to speak so positively is like, I believe that everybody can become more than what they are today. They just have to get out of their own way. And so my job is not to give advice on what you should do or what you should do. My advice is to share my story. And if you take something from that and you can internalize that and make it your own and it helps you do something, then I've served my purpose. Because like all I'm trying to do in life, whether it's CrossFit in the military, selling homes, or now this podcast coaching thing that I'm trying to get into, is just serve other people on a larger purpose give back so it's just like a lot of these events that makes me just see the world in a different way and i just feel like i have the ability to share those stories and kind of be a little bit vulnerable about what i've gone through and let people know like your bullshit is your superpower mm -hmm. i love that i the whole story is really incredible and you know from the very beginning of what happened to your parents um you know, getting fired, losing their job and everything that's kind of happened along the way. Uh, there's been so much adversity for you. Yeah. And, um, for me sitting over here, I'm like, ha, yeah, I think I'm having a hard time. And of course we all deal with our own shit in our own way. And my pain is not the same as yours, but could be equal through my experiences. But anyway, um, <laughs> from your story, I would say you've had more, you know, adversity than I have had. 
and especially then coming home and then dealing with PTSD and overcoming that. So what advice do you give to people who are struggling, who like beat themselves up, who are like, you know, all this crap that gets in their way that stops them from taking action? You know, where do you think they can start with uh, their, is it mentality? Is it just taking action? Yeah. I listen, I, it's, uh, you said something really, really important there. Like just because somebody has it worse doesn't mean your shit isn't important. Right. And so like, I think that's a lot of the times where we don't want to complain. We don't want to say that, you know, we're going through something when half the fucking world doesn't have water. Right. Like I get that. However, you have a responsibility to live your best life, you know? And I think the best way to start, if it's not professional help is to journal. Like, I know that you, from my experience, just getting it out on paper not only allows you to explore, but it allows you to realize that like, all right, like this is hard. This is where I'm at right now. And a year later, when you write in your journal again, and you can reflect back on December 15th, 2021, when you're in December 15th, 2022, you can see your own progress. Mm. You know, and that's just the start. Like maybe you start to uncover some things that you don't like about yourself and you, you're like, okay, I want to explore these things. And then you can go look for resources, your podcast, somebody else's podcast, a book, a therapist, a conversation with a friend, right? Whatever that is, it's just like find something where you can at least just get it out instead of like bottling it up. Yeah. I love that advice so much because I mean, we all big proponents of journaling Yeah, and, uh, when you don't, you just, like you said, it's bottled up. It's kept inside you and you're carrying that around with you forever and never. But when you put it on the paper, it allows you to be like, you can almost feel it when you're like, okay, like when you do that in the morning, right. And yeah. your day now is starts off better. Instead of carrying that around, you wake up and all these thoughts start coming, flood, come flooding in. You can now release it on the paper and it's just like off. It's just like, it's literally, it's almost physical. You can feel it. It's out of you. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I think the reflecting thing, is great to yeah. like one of the big things I, you know, dealing with people and, and some of my clients right now coming through the shit and like, this is fucking hard. I want to quit. And I'm like, yes, like you signed up for this and without going down that long tangent of a conversation, but I'm like, you've gone through some hard shit and you made it through. Yeah. And in six months from now, when you're making good money and you put the shit in practice, that I tell you to do, you're going to look back on this moment and you're going to laugh and you're like, huh? I'm so happy I went through that because it's made me stronger for this today. But it's just that, that reflection of, of that's why I like what you said about journaling, looking back a year from now going like, damn, I've ha- had hard times before and I've gotten through it Yeah. and things have gotten better. And like, look how much stronger I am now. And what you said about this has all led you to be like less things bother you now today because of the stuff you've gone through. But if you just held that in and bottled up and didn't get it out, didn't work through it and deal with it, uh, it would still be weighing on you. Right. But now hardship comes and it's easy just to kind of like, oh, whatever. Have you seen that? It's like a recent um, uh, documentary on Netflix, 14 Peaks. I've, <gasps> no, I've, I've heard about it. A lot of people talking about it. It's inc- check it out. Like, it's absolutely incredible. But one of the things that he says, right, they're going through one of their first, you know, summits. And somebody's like, we're fucked. And he goes, when you think you're fucked, you're only about 45% fucked. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like, things happen all the time. To, to me, like, no, let me rephrase that. Things happen and I get to respond to it, mm-hmm. but I've built up little things of momentum during the day. Working out, I've strengthened myself. Journaling, I've strengthened myself. I've started to build momentum reading. I've strengthened myself. 
meditating, right? Like this is all momentum every day that I've built. And you do that over day over day, right? Month over month, year over year, you can become like a really unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can reflect back on that, that old stuff, right? Like I love, I love going back to when I was going through all that shit in 2015 and like reading my journal. And I'm like, whoa, you were a very upset young man, weren't you? <laughs> like listen to that negative self-talk, right? And like now I read it and I'm like, I'm not there. But that made me get here. You yeah. know, it's yeah. so cool. It, it changes so much. So I imagine for listeners, they're probably listening to you and like, man, this has, this guy has all his shit figured out. But I'm <laughs> curious because everything you're talking about is stuff that we talk about, like meditation, journaling, yeah. stoic philosophy, like, but we all got to start somewhere. So I'm curious, like how long have you been doing this? Yeah. Right. You talked about Great the question. gym, the journaling, um, because change does happen and things that even for me, like I can look back a year ago and be like, man, that would have been like a disaster. I would have freaked out. And now I just can laugh Yeah. be like, Oh, cool. All right. We'll adapt. So what one, what was kind of the catalyst? How did you get started in this? We'll call it personal development journey. Yeah. And then like, yeah. How long has it taken to be able to talk and think the way you do now? Yeah. So in a really healthy way of coping with PTSD, I turned to drugs and alcohol <laughs> and I say that joking, right? Like it was, it was bad. Right. Um, and I just, I'll never forget one day just being like, man, this is not who I'm supposed to be. Mm. And I just got tired of kind of like my own shit, you know? And so that really kind of came to fruition in, I would say, February of 2015. Went through a breakup, started to explore some of the stuff I was going through, really had like a look in the mirror of being like, I am not proud of who I am. This is not why I'm here. And it was just like a really um, direct conversation with myself. And it was like, you need to stop negotiating with yourself because that's all you've been doing. Um, and then I was like, well, what am I going to do from here? And I sh- shit you not that alchemist book, yeah. right? Like I read it and it was just like, there's little snippets in there of just being like, you know, I mean, I got a whole list of quotes on my phone. We won't go through them, but there was just like quotes in there that just hit me. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. So I would journal about it. Mm. And there was days where I would like, I would, cause I couldn't sleep. I would journal at 3am and then I come back from the gym and journal at 7am and then journal at noon. Right. And it was just like a lot of just like getting to know me mm-hmm. real quick. Did, did somebody give you the book or how did you stumble upon that? My buddy, Tyler sale, who's also a coach at, uh, CrossFit Colfax. I'm so grateful that he was like, Hey, listen, I can tell you're struggling. He's like, you should check this out. Like having that support network. If somebody yeah. was just yeah. like, I've got chills. Yeah. yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. was just like, man, I get a little emotional thinking about it. Like you are not who I just saw like six months ago. He's like, something's going on. He's like, let's grab lunch. Let's, you know, hang out. He's like, check this out. And I'm probably read it in like 48 hours. Cause like I wasn't sleeping. Um, and like, just to have somebody like that, just like, okay, I'm going to trust you, you know? Damn. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. So yeah, just, you started journaling here, there, you know, I think that's so important for listeners that everyone I talk to with like journaling meditation. So many people are like, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how to do it. I'm not doing it right. And it's like, it's just do it. Yeah. Like write one word down, write one thought down, like meditate, like close your eyes and breathe for 30 seconds Yeah. and then do a little more and do a little more. And we had, we had a guest on, um, <clears throat> Rachel and she talked about all of these things like prehab, right? So come from fitness, CrossFit world, like there's certain movements that we do to help prevent injury yeah. right before we're injured. And that's the way all this stuff works. It's, it's like, if you only turn to the meditation, the journaling, the reading, whatever, like when shit hits the fan, it's, it's too late. Yeah. You got to, it's a practice. Yeah. And listen, 
you said like it sounds like he's got his shit together. The thing is, like I have some of my shit together, mm-hmm. but mm. like I'm about to become a dad. Like I don't even know what shit I don't have together, <laughs> right? Um, but what's cool about that is it's just like everything else. Like you're faced with something, and then you choose how you get to kind of respond to it, right? Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, and I I say that because it's like for some people who aren't quite there yet, you know, they listen to people like you talk this way. And that's, that's what it seems like, but nobody ever has their shit together, right? Like no. even all of us, like we have, we have a podcast called modern happiness and we believe happiness is a choice and that's what we promote and gratitude and all these things. And, you know, I'm calling Matt sometimes being like freaking out or like upset or like, dude, I'm really sad. I need to talk to you, yeah. you know, but like, that's how I cope. And that's how I'm like able to move forward is I think it's the mindset in these tools is the reason maybe it sounds like you have your shit together because like you said, you don't know what you don't know about being a dad, but you know, you'll be able to figure it out. Right. I feel like if those girls on Teen Mom could do it, I could probably figure it out. You know, like, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a perspective. It's, yeah, it's, it's all this practice though, right? I think that's what people, it's the whole quote of like, you underestimate, you overestimate what you can do in a year, underestimate what you can do in 10 years. Yeah. People have such a short time frame. I just want to be there now. But it's like, you know, let's get present. What can you do right now? It's like, yeah. well, yeah, I can journal a little bit. And if I do this every single day, it's the little by little, little becomes a lot. And you get to a point, again, I was having this conversation with my clients, you get to a point where it is those smaller things that maybe a year ago would upset you where it's just like, I don't care. Or the hard shit happens. And like for me, universe, God, whatever you want to call it, I just like turn and go, <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like you're making me go through some shit so I can figure some shit out so I can learn a lesson. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Let's, let's dive in. Let's get to it. Right. Um, so I can grow rather than you, you kind of briefly said it earlier. Um, this like self pity or the wallow or like just sitting in it and like, what was me? All this stuff. Or it's like, I think a big part of that too is to not judge yourself for thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just, uh, if there's one thing that I would, that I know works for me, it's like, just pick one thing mm. and just do that. Whether it's journaling, walking, working out, reading, you know, whatever it is, just one thing, right? And make that a small little habit. That's really it. Yeah. And then it's really trying to not judge yourself on where you're at. Right. Right. And like, listen, that is way easier said than done. I get that. But like, if you can work on that, like that's a really big step. Yeah. And that's the comparing yourself to yourself. That's yeah. all you can do. Cause I can't, I can't compare my story to yours. I, yeah. None of my childhood was anything like yours. Yeah. And so I'm at a completely different point, but just to know that like, oh my God, I journaled one sentence today. That's amazing because that's more than I did last time. Mm-hmm. You know, my clients, uh, if it's just one sale, it's like, you just sold your program for $1,500. What were you doing before? Right. Not that you were selling $50 per month on this like shit. Now you just sold one hour phone call, made $1,500. Yeah. But you're comparing yourself to me or to other coaches. And it's like, you can't do that. So right. yeah, having that reflection of being like, it's okay. This is exactly where I'm at. And it's that awareness of like, I'm working on this. I'm getting better. Yeah. And to, to have that reflection, go back in your, your journal. That's I love the journal. Cause yeah, <laughs> you can go back on those notes and be like, Oh, little old Matthew. Uh, Dude, you're right. Like, listen, you're writing your own documentary. You might as well make it something that you're proud of. Yeah. Right. Like, let's just get there. And if you're not proud of where you're at, like that's just the universe being like, Hey, this is your chance. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you don't listen to it the first time, your pain's only going to get worse. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's going to come back again. Yeah. You're not going to learn your lesson. 
bam, here, we're going to hit you it's on like the head a, again with it. It's like a whisper, a conversation, and then they're knocking your life down. Yeah. So you choose when you want to respond. Yeah, yeah. and you can throw a plot twist any, anywhere. Yeah. Right? You're writing your documentary. You get to decide what's next. For sure. And it, it's all based on, on your mindset. And that's why I love this conversation. I love that we're talking to you about this because so many people – I think get caught up in like their identity of like who they are is what they do. Right. And obviously yeah. like one thing I definitely want to talk about is like real estate and that's what you do. And like I, I said earlier, I got on Instagram, I started following you. I'm like, this guy a life coach? Like what is this guy doing? <laughs> but it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. Like these principles, this mindset, like these habits are going to help you show up better in the rest of your world. Yep. Listen, I think for, for my job, right. As a real estate agent, the more I know myself, the more I can relate to other people right? The more that I'm in touch with kind of like my emotions and my feelings, I can be more empathetic to what's going on around me, right? So it's like that internal work is really important for me to make progress in anything that I do. And real estate's just what I'm doing at this current moment. Yeah. I love that. So let's transition and talk about real estate. Okay. (laughs) Where I'm going to start is I know nothing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what questions I should ask. Yeah. So I know a lot of people want to live in Denver. The housing market's crazy. Like, Let's just dive in. Like, what is it like? What is the process like? Look like for someone who's looking for a house? Do you have any? How, tips about, and how tricks? about the starting question, which is, rent or buy? Ooh, yeah, that is a great question. Yeah. Um, and what do you think most real estate agents are going to say? They're going to say buy. Yeah. I, so here's the thing: if you buy too early, you're going to fuck yourself. Yeah. Right. Like when you when you are renting a home and something or an apartment or whatever, the furnace goes out. You call downstairs. They're going to fix it. Right. There's an issue. Right, you don't have you don't you don't have any really concerns, right? Something goes wrong, you have somebody taking it care of for you. If you lose your job, all right, cool. You can leave the apartment, right? And maybe you pay like a, a fee or you just ditch it, whatever you choose to do. <laughs> um, but you have some some flexibility there. When you own a home, right, there are going to be maintenance and reserve costs that happen every year. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're you own that home, you're building equity, I think that's great. But if you don't have the budget to take care of some of those things, you are going to screw yourself financially for a long time. So my thought is like, this is, if this is what you want to do, you want to buy a home, but you're just not there yet. Well, then let's put together a plan to get you from where you are now to where you want to be in three, five, whatever years. Right. And let's figure out what that looks like savings wise. All right. Mm -hmm. What opportunities are available to you for financing? Like, how do we get you there? Like, is your credit just jacked up because you just used to buy bar tabs in college and you never paid them off? I don't know. How do we repair your credit? I think the really important part for any buyer or, and we'll go into sellers for any buyer is to like, let's sit down and figure out where you're at and where you want to go. It's no different than being a coach. Where are you right now? Let's figure out your orientation. Where do you want to go? Let's figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, it's like, no, the answer isn't always buy. The answer might be rent or move back in with your parents for a little bit and save some cash. Whatever the case is, let's figure out what works for you and then get there. It sounds like, so as far as like you buy a house, you put money down on it. Is there a certain amount you should be putting down? And then also like what you said, repairs, furnace goes out. Like you should also have your rainy day fund set aside as part of yeah. buying a house. It's not just cool. I have $50,000, put that down. Yeah. But now you have nothing. And then yeah, the furnace goes out, whatever shit happens right. and you're just struggling and stressed. Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of different camps on how much you should put down, what you should do. Right. I believe that you should put down as little as possible to keep the rest of that money for other opportunities that may present themselves. Mm. You want to start a new business. You want to invest in something else, whatever it is. You want to take a vacation. You want to do repairs to the home, right? So as a first-time home buyer, the majority of people can qualify for 3% down, right? That's pretty reasonable. You'll see 20 people wanting to put 20% down because of 
you know, you're going to get a better interest rate. You're not going to have mortgage insurance. I think the important part is really to sit down and figure out, okay, these are the options that are available to me. Which one makes the most sense? Where do I feel the most comfortable with where I'm at and what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And then like the, the reserve fund, right? Like you want to have, you know, 1% of like whatever the home value is, right? So if it's a $400,000 home, ideally having, you know, 40 grand in your bank account is probably a good idea. You know? What is it? Four or 40? Man, 40. That, 1%? So four thousand. Yeah, four thousand. Four thousand. Okay. <laughs> I didn't drink coffee this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, but you should have. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Edit that yeah. out, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. So, but you need to have some of money available, right? And like, it really is going to be dependent on the age of the home, what shows up in the inspection. But that's why you have like a real estate agent that's a professional that can help you navigate that, right? Because those are important things that you're going to have to take into consideration. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then should we talk about, I don't know if I have any other questions on that unless you guys do. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, working with a real estate agent, like what does that process look like? Yeah. You know, people, do you feel like you get a lot of referrals? Like what is, you know, it's funny because you mentioned like being a coach, which I love. And Matt and I are a huge advocate for coaches, not just because we are ones, but like because we've hired people Mm -hmm. and they've fast tracked. And it's like for people who are like, want to save every penny, you know, like, You know, kind of maybe talk about that and what you're getting out of this. Um, I think the important stat here is to know that there's more real estate agents than there are homes for sale, mm. right? Like in the country. Wow. So um, That's kind of crazy. Yeah. The barrier to entry is low. Yeah. Really low. Yeah. Okay. So I say that because if you're thinking about buying a home or selling a home, interview people, oh. right? Take some time, right? Even if somebody recommends you, like if somebody's like, hey, you should go work with Sergio. Do your own research. Like read my reviews talk to me, figure out if we're going to even going to get along right, right before you partner with somebody. Um, because, because it's like a long process, right? It could be, so, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like sorry. we're going to enter into a relationship for a little bit. Right. And you want that to be a relationship that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think that's a really important part of it, you know? Um, and then as far as what to expect from a real estate agent, right? Like I think there's, you can go read their reviews and get a good feel for it. You can also see how many homes they've sold within the last 24 months you want somebody who has been doing this regularly and has a pulse on the market so that they can adapt as things change because things have changed rapidly, you know? And like with that, you have, I mean, you have buyers out there who will write seven, 12, 20 offers, never get a home. Mm. That is not because they're not strong buyers. That's because they have a shitty real estate agent, mm. you know? And that's just the truth of the matter. Mm. Right. Um, I'm not saying I'm the best, but in my head, I believe I am, right? Because if I don't show up that way, you then why to. would anybody want to work mm-hmm. with me? Yep. You know? I love that. So I'd say, like, do do some research and ask. If you were going to interview with me, I'd be like, hey, here's some other agents you can go talk to. Like, if it's me, great. And if it's not, like, this isn't – like, coming back to that story, it's not about me. It's really about them. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. And I'll say a similar thing. I'm like – we said it on our previous podcast. Like, talking about hiring coaches and, like, I don't care if you hire me. If you don't vibe with me, then like, I'm not going to be a good coach for you. You're not going to want to do the things because yeah. there's like maybe some resentment or there's just something, there's some blockage where it's like, go work with someone you love to work with. Go get a real estate agent. You can't wait to see yeah. because then you're showing up better. They're excited. You know, then also on your end, like work with people you want to work with because yeah. then you're showing up better. You want the best for them where it's like this fucking douchebag. I honestly don't care if he overpays like, you know, like, right. which is not what obviously you want for your client. So um, it just kind of goes back to showing up, you know, as yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like take the time and, and you, it doesn't need to be the quote unquote, the best real estate agent. 
they obviously want to have some experience expertise, like you said, no, having a pulse on the market. Um, but they could be quote unquote, not the best, or maybe you have sold less homes. Yeah. However you're judging the best. Right. But you're like, I fucking love this guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, then choose that guy. And just know that they, yeah, guy or gal who has like, um, a really strong team behind them that can help support you. Right. Mm. Listen, when I sold my first home, I, uh, it was, well, I had to talk my way into it. (laughs) Right. And like, it was one of my best friends. I'm the (laughs) godfather to his daughter. And he's like, I'm moving back to Colorado and we're thinking about buying a home. I was like, sick. Perfect. (laughs) I was like, well, let me help you. He's like, no. I was like, why? He goes, well, you haven't sold a home. He's like, I'm going to use the guy that helped us you know, sell and buy the last one. I was like, let me ask you something. I was like, I'm the godfather to your daughter, right? He was like, yeah. I was like, do you trust me with your family? He's like, yeah. I was like, what makes you think that that other person is going to care about you guys more than the way I do? Right. He's like, okay. He's like, but you haven't sold a home. I was like, I have a, I have like the support system I need to make sure that this goes the way it needs to go. I was like, if you give me the opportunity, I promise you it'll go perfectly. And the second he's like, okay. He's like, okay, let's go. I was like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do? You know, but like, just like anything else, like you lean on people when you have questions, you ask, right? Like, hey, what do I do here? Okay. Hey, uh, so we're going to do this. And he's like, oh, that sounds great. I was like, nailed it. Can't can't sell your 50th home without your first. No. How did you celebrate after selling that first home? Um... I kind of have this thing where I allow myself to celebrate for 30 minutes or sulk for 30 minutes. Mm. So it was really one of those, I was like, this is awesome. You know, I kind of like just, I think we went out and grabbed a beer and kind of hung out and talked. And then um, I kind of just let it go. Right. Because like if the highs are too high, the lows are going to be just as equally as low. And I knew that from day one. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I was just like riding this high, I was like, oh, I'm the best. Right. The second something goes wrong, I'd be like, I'm the worst. And so like I tried to really just kind of stay in the middle. I, I like that. love that. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if I do. <laughs> yeah. I lo- I understand what you're saying, um, but it's about coming back from the lows quicker and getting through that stuff. And then I think celebrate the fucking wins because it's just a, such a neurological thing where you go, like even the small things, you know, like I was give the example, like you said no, you know, birthday at the office and you said no to the piece of cake. Like go in the fucking bathroom and celebrate yourself. You're like, I am strong willed. I'm fucking amazing. Yeah. And that's a smaller win, but the big wins of selling a house, like, look what I fucking did. Yeah. I just sold my best friend to sell his house, never done it before. Then I said, Holy shit, oh my God, how am I gonna figure this out? And I figured it out. Like, I'm incredible. Yeah. I'm so good at this. And I'm like, I think you want that upward trajectory yeah. of like better bigger wins, bigger wins. Let's like show yourself that you can fucking do anything. Listen, I'm I, I think what I'm trying to say is that for me, that serves me well, mm, right? Fair. I'm not saying that is something that everybody should do, mm-hmm. but what I found is uh, I am notoriously good for getting too high and too low, mm-hmm. right? And when I'm low, it takes me a long time to get out of that. That is not to say I don't celebrate, mm-hmm. um, but I have to force myself to do that, mm-hmm. right? Like I, you know, um, last year was the best I've ever done. And so like I took my wife and we went up to Vail and we hung out. Right? I was oh, like, yeah. cool, this is sweet. Yeah. But then when I got back, I wasn't like living in Vail. I was like, okay, I got to get back to this. Yeah, you right. know? I got you. So yes, I agree with you. Like you should celebrate those, but I don't want that to like create something in me that wasn't, um, I don't want to present myself in the wrong way, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's because straight up, like I come, I've built this my entire life out of lack. I'm not good with abundance yet. Mm. I'm working on that. Mm. Right. So that is a pattern that I have to explore. Mm. Right. And I yeah. get that, um, but that's kind of where I've been. So, yeah, well, it's super important. We talk about know thyself and yeah. you know yourself. If you do get yeah. on this 
too big of a high, you know that it's going to come crashing down right. at some point. So, uh, you know, that's fair. And I like how you said that, like, that's what works for me. And yeah. that's the importance of knowing yeah. yourself. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because we've talked a lot about people like with positivity or happiness. It's like, if you're struggling, it's okay to feel that yeah. it's okay to say I'm sad or things are going hard, but put a time limit on it. Yeah. And then you got to make a choice or, you, you know, and so I love that this is actually the opposite of that where I could see a lot of people who maybe they have a big win, they sell out their program, like whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like, they get complacent. Cause they're like, cool, I'm doing great. I'll, I'll get back on track next week. Yeah. And then that turns into a month and whatever. So I think it's good to have that balance. Really the key is celebrating yourself Yeah, and it can look different for everyone, but I think so many people just don't do it at all. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I love to hear that you do. And then obviously, yeah, you can like, um, ebb and flow and, and yeah, knowing yourself is, yeah. is huge. And I think the big thing for me is like me celebrating me. I like to celebrate with the people that help me get there. Mm. Right. So like my wife, my parents, my sister, the people in my office, like I can't do any of this without them. Like keep it real right? as an entrepreneur. Right. Cause I consider myself one as an entrepreneur, the successes are shared and the failures are my own. Mm. Right. Like that's the way I kind of have to live. And so like, I like to celebrate with them. Um, and so I can't, I, I can't like take them out to dinner every single time, mm. but I can't find a way to like, Hey, I want to celebrate however it looks like with us. Like whether it's a thank you card or like a text or a phone call or whatever the case may be. And then on the bigger shit, right? Like maybe ball out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be one thing I tell all my clients, it could be a one minute dance party. Yeah. Right. You know, that's why I'm on TikTok, man. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> you have boy. to dance if you're on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't. That's why I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I, I wanted to go back to yeah. uh, that the great moment where you convinced you are so confident in yourself. You're going to sell your best yeah. friend's house. Yeah. And then he says yes. And then you go, oh shit. Yeah. And even you're a CrossFit coach, right? And maybe this is how that, that kind of started. You're a CrossFit coach. You said, I'm going to give this real estate thing a try. And this was your first home. Um, I think you briefly mentioned trying some life coaching out. Did you say you're doing so that? Or? That's uh, my next adventure. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. kind of my, my question or to present to you is how do you get to a point where you're just like, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm so confident that I'm going to you know, sell my buddy's first home. Never done it before, but I'll figure it out. And then he says, yes. And you say, oh shit. Like, I think people are so afraid to take that step because it's the fear of failure and all this stuff. So, you know, what is it for you that you're like, just confident that you, you will be able to figure it out? <laughs> it's uh, it comes back to that story of me deploying. Um, there are, there are stressors that we have in our life and then there's real, real stress. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll never forget. I was taking a shower when I was deployed and like the siren started going off and it was incoming rockets oh my god and i sat in the shower and i just went and this is like month three or four right and i was just like if it hits me this is my time and i just sat there and kept showering i just owned it like that was the first time i was like i own death and um with that it's like if i fail nobody's gonna die right they might get mad at me right but i'm not gonna fail to the point where they lose all their money i'm not gonna fail to the point where like somebody dies right i might fail and mess up and may not go perfectly but i can own that Mm -hmm. Right. And I can, I can manage that relationship, not only with my relationship with failure, but my relationship with the person that I failed. And it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm not failing at least a little bit, then I'm really kind of just like living way too far below my comfort zone. Right. And like, to me, that's just not me. That has never been me. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit of a, it's a lot of confidence, a little bit of cockiness, which can get, 
you know, can kind of lead me to that confidence. <laughs> um, but I just don't know. Like, I'm just not afraid of it. Yeah. I think you see every time you do do it. Yeah. That no one does die and that you grow. Right. Or like, when do you grow more from all your successes or from your failures? Yeah. It's, um, listen, I have an interesting relationship with failure, right? Like I used to hate it, but I'm, I'm okay. With it. Like I'm not the biggest fan of it, but like, I know that in that moment I can peel it back and take the lesson from it. And yeah. that's invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything we're talking about, right? The practice Taylor says getting the reps in, yeah. uh, with the journaling and the gratitude and, and celebrating the wins and, uh, pursuing failure more every time you do it, it gets easier to do it again. Yeah. Right. And it's just those getting those reps in. So like, I'm the same way. Like I don't really give a shit about failing anymore. Right. There's something like not to say I'm not scared before I do something or like, Oh shit. But I know if, Oh my God, shot boy. Sorry. My dog's going crazy. <laughs> um, but I know that, uh, when I fail, I'm just hurrying up the process to get yeah. to where I want to be. Yeah. You know, this is going to teach me something. You, I always say you either get what you want when you go do something, you either get what you want or you get the lesson you needed. Yeah. And when you get what you want, that's fantastic. Right. That's lovely. Right. Um, but when you quote unquote fail, you get the lesson you need. And the key word there is need. You yeah. needed that. Right. So it's just a great way to like, let's, let, let's fail more. If yeah. I can fail more, I'll just grow faster. Right. I'll get to where I want to be faster. I got approached on Monday by the president of my brokerage and they want me to become the director of training and coaching at the, at the company. Oh, hell yeah. And I was just like, he goes what do you think i was like let's do it right and like in my head i was like oh shit like now i got some real responsibility for 160 people right that's a lot wow um and at the same time like i know that i'm equipped to do it and i know i'm equipped to figure it out and i know that there's gonna be moments where i'm like shouldn't have said that shouldn't have done that wish i would have done it this way and that's all gonna make it better next year Mm-hmm. you know so it's like cool <laughs> they trust me enough to figure it out I trust myself enough that I'm going to do a good job and then the other part's just like learning failing and iterating yeah that's a little bit of imposter syndrome is like it means you're on the right track yeah to an extent like you can't let it control you but <clears throat> stepping into a new position or a new opportunity is like if you feel fully prepared like it's not going to stretch you. Yeah. Right. And there's a quote I love that says readiness is not a feeling. It's a choice. Yeah. And just deciding. And it's like, not until you get there, then you kind of figure it out. And it's like looking at these past experiences. Okay. I did that. Okay. I did that. I'll figure this out too. Yeah. I mean, and it's like you said, it's kind of led to a lot of different things. Like when I went full time in real estate, I didn't sell a home for seven months. I was like, Mm -hmm. I updated my LinkedIn profile quite a bit, getting ready for, you know, interview for another job. And things started to work. (laughs) Right. And like now this director of training thing, and then like this smaller thing that's going to happen in April with having a kid, right? Like I'm not ready for that, but I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We do. If we, that's what we do. And you said <laughs> an important thing, like asking for help. Yeah. Just ask people who've done it before. Hey, my friends who've had kids, like, right. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even think of an example for a kid, <laughs> but like this, he's fucking puking shit everywhere. Like what do I do? <laughs> and they're like, Oh dude, it's fine. You know, go to the doctor. I don't know. Like right. that's obvious, but like there'll be things and you just ask for help. Yeah. Um, and yeah, surround yourself like real estate. Okay. Like join some Facebook groups and, right. and start looking up some YouTube videos of people who've done this before. Yeah. And like, you got this, you'll figure it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So getting back to the matter at hand, um, sellers selling your home. Yeah. Where do you start? Listen, um, anybody can sell their home, right? You don't need a real estate agent at all. However, if you want to maximize like your return on your investment and you don't want to do it yourself, I do think it's important that you pay attention to the details Mm -hmm. and you interview agents who, um, focus on the nuances of selling. 
right? So like having a process with that is really important, a repeatable process, just like anything else, right? Like if you're going to have a workout program, following that program, you know the results that you probably are going to get. Having a process when coming to sell your home is really important, like the marketing behind it, right? The exposure of the home. How do you handle when you get multiple offers? How do you do what everybody hates and drive the price up? How do you serve your client when things start to get like kind of spicy? Mm-hmm. Listings are a harmonious relationship of like the science and the art of it. The art being the marketing, the science of using the data and the metrics to make sure that you're putting yourself in the right position. So having somebody who is aware of how to do that and a, and a market expert, right? A hyper-localist expert in your neighborhood or has is from Colorado is really important, right? So what I would say is, yes, you can do it on your home, but the difference between you doing it versus a real estate agent who does it is probably $70,000, $80,000 on the back end. Um, mm-hmm. And so the way I look at it is I'm not here to charge you money, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes, you're going to pay me. I have to make a living. But my responsibility, my fiduciary responsibility is to make sure that you guys get the most for your home. Right. right. And so like if I'm charging you 6%, I want to make you 8% on top of that. Right. So that it's a net for you and you're actually making a decent amount of money. Right. So sellers, um, I think the big thing though with sellers right now is like nobody wants to sell cause they don't know where to go. Mm. Right. Like you don't want to enter into this market to try and buy a home when there's no homes. Right. So explore people who have options for you. Like we just launched something where we will go buy your home, new home for you. You can move in and then we'll sell your home so that you don't have to worry about not having one. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't have to worry about moving twice. Wow. And so that's creating that's like genius, yeah. modern solutions in this new marketplace. What is that like to now you buy a home and now you have two mortgages for a little bit while you guys try and sell the other one? Yeah. Great question. So you are renting back the new home from us at a market rate. And then the way I do it is the second before we even start to shop, I've done all the marketing and prep work on your home. So the second that you go under contract on the new one, your new home comes on the market. So it's usually usually only about seven to 14 days. Mm. So you you have a double mortgage for 14 days, but actually you don't even have that because when you move into your new home, you're paying that rent, but your first mortgage payment isn't due for two months. Mm. So there's a lot of timing behind Mm. it. And I'm very thoughtful of like that to make sure that we're trying to like minimize the amount you're paying. Mm. Yeah. So talk about timeline a little bit, both buyers and sellers, right? Like if, you know, I just, I came to you and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to start looking for a house yeah. and I have an idea of like when I'd like to move in. Is there, is it just kind of random? Like finding the right spot? Is it like, does it take a while? Yeah. I mean, listen, I've met with plenty of clients where we met, they got pre-approved that day. We did their buyer's consultation and the next day they were under contract and three weeks later they had their home. Wow. Right. Like it can move quick. Does that happen all the time? No. Right. Like I've been working with some clients for two years now. They just can't find the right home. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the process really is, is like, okay, you know, when do you want to be in your home? And then how can we backtrack from there? Mm. And I think there's a few really key steps in order to make yourself feel really comfortable and confident in what you're doing. One, getting pre-approved so you understand what you can qualify for. More importantly, what you can pay for. Mm-hmm. Doing a buyer's consultation with a real estate agent, making sure that they understand what you want, why you want it. That's really important. And then showing you the process on how this works. And then there's the really exciting part where you get to look through all the agreements and contracts, right? <laughs> and the only reason you do that in advance is because I don't know if you guys have ever gone to like buy a new car, but they're like, Hey, sign this contract. And you're like, I don't even know what's in this thing. Yeah. I always try to avoid that by doing all that stuff up front so that when we're out shopping, all you have to figure out is, is this the right home? Mm-hmm. Cause we've done everything else that have built that confidence for you to step into the market. to feel really comfortable with what you're doing. Um, but that could take on average, right? Let's just do on average. Um, about two months, you'll see about, I've, I think I've been tracking this for a while. Average clients see about six homes. 
Mm. 60% of them find it on the first day. That doesn't mean they're going to get it, right? Because it's so competitive. But, right, when you do all those things, you're really, you're stepping into a market and you know exactly what you need to do. Okay, so you, I, I love that. You said competitive. What is it like with getting the home? Does everyone have to offer above asking? Uh, not everyone, right? Some yeah. people, like sellers have gotten greedy, right? They're overpricing their homes and yeah. that's an opportunity for buyers to come in, right? I got a home under contract for a client the other day, $100,000 below list price. Mm. The home's been on the market for four months, right? Like, let's go. Let's yeah. get that for you, right? A home hits the market and it's priced well and it shows well and it's in good condition. Inevitably, it's going to go for above list price, right? Mm. Where that could be anywhere, right? Like I've had clients go $400,000 above list price one time and wow. they got it. Right. I've had mm -hmm. people go $300,000 and they didn't get it. So there's a range there. The important part about that though, is it's your real estate agent's job to talk to the seller's agent and figure out what the seller wants. We are trying to draft a narrative, draft a contract that aligns with what they want. Right. Because if we can figure out what their motivation is, what's important, well, I can then tailor it to that as long as it doesn't like put you in a bad spot. So there's plenty of tools that you have in your toolkit. And that's what I do during the buyer's consultation. I'll give each one of you your tools and your toolkit. We use these when we have to, to help stand out. We don't use them if we don't have to, but this is kind of like plug and play. The way I do it is I'd recommend, hey, here's the offer I would recommend to get the home. We talk through it. And if they're like, I don't feel comfortable with that, then we figure out what they are comfortable with, right? And um, it's an iterative process going back and forth with that. Hmm. Is there any worry if a house is on the, like it's been on the market four months. Is there any like, nobody wants this. What's wrong with this yes. Yeah. So that's... Two great questions. One that tells you as a seller, if you're selling your home, don't overprice it because people are going to start to ask that question, mm. right? Um, and two, when we go see it, right, I can point out if there's like foundation issues or if there's things that I think of why uh, the home's been on the market, call the agent to ask what feedback they've gotten so I can kind of like put together a storyline for the buyer. Um, mm. But not always, right? Sometimes the homes with the shittiest pictures are just on the market because they have bad ones, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like you should use that to your advantage. Mm -hmm. yeah. do you have trouble walking into a home and not just like analyzing everything about it so I tell my clients I'm like listen I don't my job I mean any home, no, any like, home? you walk no, into this no, house no, and you're no, like no. foundation I, nope <laughs> like, no I turn it off yeah, okay. right? like, oh, I go nice, home and like nice. my wife's watching HGTV I'm like oh, I guess we're back to work oh, yeah. <laughs> you know she's like you want to watch this with me I was like do you want to watch stuff about whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I'm like, no. So I was like, so I'm really going to just like turn. Oh my off. God, dude. When I was in, in construction, um, as an engineer, I would like, I feel like it always happened at, um, games. I, I was in the finishes. Yeah. So like a lot of tile paint, um, all this stuff. And I uh, like go to the bathroom and I'd be looking up at the ceilings. So I'm like, Oh, that that's not finished. Yeah. Like, Oh, that thing. Like, uh, you know, I'm just like analyzing shit constantly. I'm like <laughs> baseball game, stadiums. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. especially when I was in college learning like the bolt connections and right. steel and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, look at this iframe and look at the gusset plate. And I'm like, can I just enjoy this baseball game for God's sakes? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. uh it's it's funny though. I'll go to like uh parties and people be like, So what do you think I could uh, sell my home for? I'm like Oh my god, that's so funny. I don't, I don't, Here's my number. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Can we talk yeah. about this later? That's, yeah. that's the worst. Yeah. yeah. I mean I love it, right? Like I've definitely <clears throat> obviously created something where people want to talk to me, which yeah. I'm super grateful for. Yeah. Right. But like you just gotta be well, yeah, it's funny how it is, right? If you're an accountant, it's like, oh, hey, can you like look at this? Yeah. At a, people don't do that at a dinner party, right? But right. Certain, <laughs> there's professions. There's a day where you've been like, well, people just fucking ask me, like, I just want to be hired. Somebody let me sell your home. Yeah. And now you're at a point where people are coming to your parties asking you and, you know, that's the reflection, right? To look yeah. back and be like, 
I'm exactly. grateful for that, but also call me on Monday. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I've, I've gotten to a point where I can create like healthy boundaries with it. I think nice. that's yes. really important. Yeah. Yes. Right. I don't answer my phone before eight 30 and I don't answer it after seven. Yeah. Call me at seven Oh one, unless it's like urgent, which it shouldn't be. Cause we should have done that before. I'm not picking up the phone. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really great. I, I wanted to circle back on something uh, yeah. just as far as you were like, anyone could sell their home, but, and then you went into the whole explanation. And I think, um, it's all great, the money part, and I feel like that's what people see. But there's this funny story, and I, not funny story, but there's a story like I don't know if I'll tell it right, but carpenter comes to you, or you ask a carpenter like, "Hey, I want I want to get the kitchen done," and they go, "Okay, well that's going to cost fifty grand," and they go, "Okay, um, that's so much money. Are you like kidding me?" Um, and like, but I want it done for for the new year, having a New Year's party, whatever. So okay, well that's two weeks, so it's actually like seventy five because mm-hmm. I gotta stop all my other jobs and do that, and like oh, fuck it, I'll just do it for myself and materials and blah, blah, blah will be this. But now, if you do it by yourself, now you're going to be on YouTube for how fucking long? Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Uh, you're going to be stressed the fuck out because it's like, oh, wait, there's electric and plumbing and all this stuff that I didn't even think about. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I put this, I put the thing in before I was supposed to put this thing in. Now I got to redo it and tear yeah. it out. And before you know it, it's fucking March. The kitchen's a disaster and it's ugly and it's awful where it's like, not only that you're paying for someone to do this really well and have yep. it done in a certain amount of time, but I think the big thing is like the stress mm-hmm. yeah. and the time. And like, what does that cost you if you're trying to sell a home by yourself and it's like, oh, like you don't know about things, right? You don't know what you don't know. And these are the things, that's why we hire you. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, we just did the mold inspection. You have mold. And it's like, oh, fuck, now I have to repair that thing. And like, whatever, I just lost all my buyers. I don't know how this works, but then you're at work and now you're stressed out because you're trying to sell home all by yourself. And it's like, what's that costing you at work and all this stuff. And now you're short with your wife and now you're getting in fights with your wife and your kids hate you because you're just a mess because you're trying to sell a home by yourself. So just hire someone. You should come on these appointments with me. And just do yeah. that. Yeah. I know, like, literally. We're going to sell it ourselves. Be like, ha ha. Yeah. And cue. I'll, yeah. come out, I'll come out of the trunk of the Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like there is a level of like, there's a convenience fee built in there. Right. Like, yeah. you know, the, I charge what I charge because I've, I've worked my way to become really good at this. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that's why I can, I can with confidence say, Hey, it is 6%. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and people We'll talk, we'll talk through that. Right. Um, but they're like, so-and-so said they'll do it for 1%. Hmm. I'm like, that's fine. Like, yeah, I'm it, not, if you don't want to dance with me, I don't want to dance. That's fine. Like you can go with them, yeah. but I'm, that's just not me. I'm right. a firm believer. You get what you pay for. 100%. Right. And it's so much of that. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's just like paying for that convenience and getting it done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. so many, I think that's just like a societal problem. People just like are so focused in the short term of like, Oh, 6%, 1%. Great. Okay. Yeah. Well, how are you going to feel? three years from now. Yeah. Right you now. And if we can think big picture, we could change that. Yeah. I think that's part of my responsibility too, is like to kind of explain that. Right. And like, you know, it's better for me to show just like everything else, show, not tell, Hey, here's what I've done this year. Here's what the other homes that I've worked on. Here's what we listed at. Here's what it sold at. Here's the terms that we got. They're like, Oh, I want that. Cool. Well then you got to pay that. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Awesome. This has been incredible. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on, Sergio. Uh, I'm curious. Do you have any last words of wisdom for our audience? Words of wisdom? (laughs) Um, Gosh. Um, Could be about life. Could be about real estate. Anything you've learned. Be patient. Mm. Right? I think there's a – it's really easy for all of us to want everything right now. Mm. Um, But I guess the, the whole phrase is like do the work and be patient. Right? Like that's really it. Seven months to sell your first house. Yeah. 
right? People would have quit after one, two, three. Yeah. Because so and so did it. I in was that on time. the phone for seven hours a day for like seven months. Damn. It's like I was like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it all came together. And that wasn't luck. That was all the preparation I had done for that opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Luck is what happened when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. Stoic. Rob Deerdeck had that uh, sign back in the day. It said, make your own luck. I feel like that just hits. Yeah. Right? yeah. Wow. I love the Rob Deerdeck. I know. Deer I love Rob Deerdeck. I love Yeah. Him. Man. That's he's, great. He's great. Uh, I have one final question. What's up? Are you happy? I am happy. Um, I'm very happy. Like I, uh, actually did this exercise yesterday looking at the seven domains of my life. Right. Um, what are the seven domains? Yeah. I haven't written down cause I always miss one, even though I've thought about this quite some time. You could tell it was running through your head. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, don't fuck this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have it right here so I can pull it up for you. Um, I thought I did fitness, finances, family and friends, your faith, your focus, and fun. And there's one that I'm missing. Obviously. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway, I went through this exercise yesterday. And I'm like, okay, well, where am I at on all of these? You know? And I started to just like have a real honest conversation. I started to like rank that and I was like, okay, cool. And then I looked back from when I did it the last time, you know, cause I try to do it like on a quarterly, at least annually. Oh, I love that. And like the best score you could get is 70. Right. And I was like a 58 and a half. Mm. And I was like, damn. Right. Like, from where I was in 2020, like not having any fun, just focusing on work, having my family and friends be like, we don't even recognize you right now because this isn't like you're just focused on one thing to where I'm at now. Like, I feel like I am just like full stride, like, and life is good, you know? And like, that's exactly where I want, that's exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Inevitably things will change. Um, But yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah. What do you think is the the main driver of your fit of your happiness is it is it everything is it all seven of those domains no it's uh it's a lot of Mm self-love learning how to do that right like learning how to be selfish so i can be selfless right Mm. like that's been a big one like i figured out i went to this one of my coaches stepped me through this exercise of like what are your values right and started with like 200 and i basically boiled it down to three and what i've realized is like when i can make decisions that align with those values like i'm living the life that i want Inevitably, when I don't make those decisions, I get bent and then, you know, then I'm bleeding energy or I'm like not feeling like myself. And I think like just having that awareness of what those are allows me to make the decisions every day. Like makes me kind of like be aligned with who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great answer. I love Thanks. That. Yeah, of course. That's, I swear, that's it. It's my, <laughs> my final question. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Sergio, <coughs> thanks so much for taking time in your day. Uh, if people want to hire you. If they want to find out more about you, where, where's the best place they can find you? Listen, if you just want to learn about real estate, follow me on Instagram, nice. uh, Shodio, S-H-O-W-D-I-O. Um, and if you want to hire me, same spot, right? Like send feel, free, feel free to send me a message. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah thanks so much. A great conversation. Thanks guys. Uh, I had a great time. Taylor, you had a great time? Wonderful time. Dude, she had a great time? Yeah, I learned a lot. Awesome. Thank All you. right. Yeah, you're awesome. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, until next time. <laughs> peace. peace. <laughs>